Okay, guys, we are ready to roll on the next episode. <clears throat> I'm kind of getting into these live episodes. And by the way, this is your host, Hacker Mike, on my morning walk. It's Sunday, August 23rd, in the year of 2020, if you can believe that. We made it this far. So, <clears throat> first of all, some comments to my co-host, Mr. Chicken Jar, that um, it's not a live stream, but I'm recording it live, and you can join in if you want to interact with me. You can leave me a voicemail. You can chat with me. You can call me. Hit me up on Telegram. And, um, you know, if someone really wants to join the, the stream, we'll set up a Jitsi server or something to record it. We could try Podcall. But uh, I think this manner... Of uploading segments one segment at a time it uh, gives you a five-minute break to do something things don't have to be live and if people really want to to join the call I mean I don't really have people begging to join this uh, podcast they can do their own podcasts you know there's a million things you can do why would you be on, want to be on this podcast with me? <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? So we are just trying to make this more interactive. We, the um, editors of the podcast, the royal we, I am trying to make this more interactive. And that's uh, how we're going to kick this thing off. So I have another segment coming up on gaming. See you soon. Okay, guys. So here's my insight for this morning. It's on gaming. The reason why games... And video games seem to be so appealing is because we know that they're a game we know that they're fake they're still entertaining and they give us some simple goals to reach and we're fighting against some function that we're trying to discover and understand to train against where we're trying to fight against some other people. In any case, it gives us something to strive against. After we continue, after we finish that striving, it's no longer interesting. We no longer have those goals. We want to move on to the next game, the next function to connect, 
to crack. So, um, <clears throat> so I think that's why, um, people would choose a game over reality because they see that our economy is basically virtual. It's not real money. They're just printing it into thin air. They see our politicians are liars and fake. We're living in the matrix anyway. So what is the difference, basically? I know there's a deeper philosophical terminology we can use, but I'm starting to understand why people would choose to go into the gaming world and escape reality because it's so horrible. And um, I realized this playing with Haskell this morning, so I made some good progress today and I can share some of my insights. It's all coming back to me now. But I'll talk about Haskell in the next segment so you can skip over it. Um, <clears throat> because I know that's super boring to a lot of people, even my most dedicated listeners. <clears throat> Zero entertainment value. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I think uh, that's why gaming and wasting time on things is so attractive to people. Because, I guess it could be a lack of self-control, but really, when I'm playing with Haskell, it's just a set of rules in some kind of game you're trying to get the type system to accept. I mean, it's more than that, right? But, um... It seems to be just as much of a video game in some ways where you can create your own rules and then try and fit to them, try and hold you to them. So, um, yeah, I think uh, gamification is that way important in many um, businesses. And um, even the great reset, they said they're gonna make a new dashboard, a new way to measure so basically, to get back to the Great Reset from yesterday, they're saying they want to move from a stakeholder economy to a shareholder economy. Now, the shareholders being looking into short-term profit, and the stakeholders looking into long-term gain. But on the other side, let's be honest, Robin Hoods, millennials, with their smartphone apps investing five bucks, they're not stakeholders. If anything, they're micro-shareholders. And basically, the takeaway from the Great Reset is that the micro-shareholders are not going to be important anymore. So I guess that's going to... Um, as much as we say we don't like the short-term thinking of our economy, short-term gains over long-term values 
the real question becomes whose values are you going to be subject to? And um, how much of this system is going to be planned? And another thought that occurred to me when I was listening to this whole thing, and I was thinking about the war and the clearinghouse and the paying back of debt, it's like, what if the world is so evil where this COVID situation is just a war that we're losing? And because we lost it, we're going to have to pay them back that debt. And it's just that simple. I mean, think about that. It's like, you lost the war. We're in control now. Them being, I guess, Bill Gates. With his vaccines, it's like, we're going to force you to buy this stuff. You have no control over your life anymore. And um, pay up. Pay us the debt. The war debt. I mean, that's really one way of interpreting the whole thing. Obviously, it's a negative way. But it's just something to think about. I'm not saying this is true or accurate. But it's a way to look at things. That might give you some insight. Alright, guys. Well, this is my first segment with two parts to it. Gamification of the Great Reset. The Great Reset game. Let's call it that. Okay. Let's put this on pause somehow. My phone got locked. Isn't that funny? Okay. So now that we've covered that segment, let's go on to the boring stuff. And feel free to skip. This is going to be at what I learned in Haskell this morning. So instead of getting up at four or whatever, I was working on my Haskell game. And instead of just blindly <coughs> copying and pasting, I saw each error message as a challenge to defeat and understand. So first I turned on the pedantic mode, which complained about everything. And then it suggested types for functions that I created. So the first thing that we have to learn about Haskell is that everything's a function and a function has types. And a function is a mathematical function which maps something onto something. So you've got this matching system where you can say, hey, I've got this function that maps this thing to that thing, this domain to this range. And then you could say, hey, if the input is an integer, then implement it this way. Like, because you have types and you can do type matching on the input, right? Now, this is just a contrived example. But um, in Haskell, you've got data types you can define and you can have multiple constructors so you can say you know the color is red or blue or green or some random color with parameters so you could match it and say 
I have a function that does something with color, let's say paint. And you could say, for the case of red, do this. For the case of blue, do this. And for the case of a random color, do this. So, <clears throat> point being, the point being that, um, you do pattern matching. And that's the one thing that I never really, really got on Haskell. And now I'm all into pattern matching. And then the other thing, big, big thing that I learned previously, but I'm using a lot more is the maybe. So <clears throat> if you want to handle something that might be null, you just use a maybe. And then you could say, well, it's either just this or nothing. So in the case that you have a function that's partially mapping things, it only does partially to the inputs, it returns maybe something. So the user knows the output will be just something that you want or maybe nothing. That's kind of how that goes. <clears throat> so looks like someone's going camping. Um, so that's important. Important. And um, so those are the two things that I really dug deep into. And now with the JSON parsing, you've got this object called a value that's returned. So I'm not using the high-level automatic mapping. I'm doing the super low-level, where <coughs> the data type returned by parsing JSON is a value, and that could be an array of values, or a dictionary of values, or a string value, or an integer value. It's basically simple language. And now I'm constructing Haskell functions to decode my JSON in all of its glory the stuff I produced by my Python script for the introspector with a goal of, well, documenting it and learning Haskell. Um, obviously, that JSON format is a piece of shit. Excuse my language. I don't swear that often on my solo streams. But I do swear when I'm talking to the chicken jar and my friends so, <clears throat> we got the, um, we got the, uh, <clears throat> the JSON parsing going of some nasty JSON that I produced with some random program that needs to be reworked, but it doesn't matter because a lot of the JSON you'll see is random and obviously I could make it prettier and I will and part of this reviewing it in Haskell and deriving types is also to think about exactly what we need <sighs> creating a uh, miniature language 
And that's what we're getting into here, is the uh, defining of languages and language processing in layers and layers. So this cake ML um, compiler has like 30 languages or something like that, layers. And each language does one little thing and it generates the next sort of the compiler processes one language and spits out the next language. And that's what I'm talking about, guys. I'm talking about these layers of languages. <clears throat> now the GCC also has layers of languages. It's got like the ASTs, it's got the RTLs and all that stuff. So we're gonna get back into that. And I do remember the day when I met the guys working on LLVM in the chat and I told them about the introspector stuff. And uh, part of the dragon egg, I guess, was based around part of that. <coughs> but guys, I'm going to create my own dragon egg. If there's one thing I do, I'm going to hatch that dragon. The compiler dragon. So, so we got into some of these um, questions of derived work and parodies. with Sir Chris from the uh, No Agenda. And he was talking about, if you're gonna make a parody of a song, you actually have to make it a parody of the song and not just some random text that uses the, the beat and the rhythm. Which is actually much harder to do. So if you wanna create your artificial intelligence to uh, create parodies of songs, it's gonna be much harder than just creating random songs that match the uh, rhythm. Because <clears throat> you have to add that creative part back in to justify your fair use, I guess. <sighs> Quite the challenge there. So, but who's the judge? Well, the judge is the judge. I also had some insights into um, just how new this whole digital thing is and how people my mom's age who didn't grow up with computers, like I was five, 40 years ago, playing with computers as a kid. And the people before that, you know, typewriters. And maybe the computer that you saw unlike Star Trek with the big flashing lights, far away, not personal. Definitely not handheld in your pocket. I digress, I'm moving into the second segment. So I guess we are able, we're gonna be able to put two segments together.
and um, this is the stream of random and you signed up for it and since nobody's listening really nobody's listening it's just me talking to myself kind of crazy actually but some people jump in once in a while especially if I have, to, if I have something to say or I share it and eventually we are going to go viral people are going to come back to all of these great old episodes 10 years from now and be like man Mike was spitting some raw shit back in the day can you believe it you gotta go listen to the original recordings man yep that's my dream but it's probably going to be more like Mike we wanted to hire you and uh, we reviewed your podcast where you're sharing your ideas and we found it utterly inappropriate and disgusting and we hate you and we're not going to hire you I applied for a job yesterday. They're like, give me your profiles, give me examples of your work, give me your Twitter. It's like, why should my Twitter profile be, be part of the hiring process? It's like, I'm gonna shut that Twitter thing down or set up a new corporate. I actually set up, I should go back and set up a new um, shiny corporatized Twitter account for my job application process. It's like, they want to know your Twitter account. Well, here's my Twitter account, guys. You're not going to see the stream of random on that. I think it's a form of censorship, really. And we'll get into that. Um, <coughs> my wife also uh, started listening to podcasts, and she's like... Mike, what is uh, 5G? What are they talking about? <laughs> All right. Well, listen, I'm going to now put this on, on the stream. And I'm going to start listening to my podcast, Diet of the Morning, while I'm doing my walk. And catch up on the news. All right. Okay, guys. Here's something I wanted to share with you, personal. So, on the vein of challenging myself to actually understand the problem, the compiler error, and digging into it, not just like sweeping over it. I think <clears throat> it's a learning process that happens, and it probably has to do with stem cells or neural networks being reconfigured. So. By creating a situation where you have to learn something, by forcing yourself into that situation, you're going to force your body to react and your mind to be, to react and learn. And it's that creation of that situation that shots you out of your complacency <clears throat> and activates an awareness. So, when we talk about awareness and consciousness, um, <clears throat> and I have something in my throat, some type of allergy, I guess, some phlegm running down, I don't know, but uh, that's why I'm coughing and grunting all the time, so sorry about that, guys. <sighs> but I'm going to say that there's a consciousness, an awareness that is greater than just being aware of things we're talking about the learning 
the active learning and active modeling function of the brain that that understands its uh, inputs and models. We talked about that function, the modeling function, the other day. And now we're talking about applying that function to things. <clears throat> so, yesterday I was doing some sit-ups, and I really challenged myself to breathe. A lot of times I'm holding my breath. Um, and um, I'm trying to relearn how I do sit-ups and um, exercises to improve on them to make them better so that's the uh, the neural network training function and as I said to my son I try to give him some advice and some tips I said some things are just simple, but they're hard. Like sports, it seems simple. The outcomes are simple. The measurement is simple, but it's really hard to do. Simple, but hard. And they say that there's a whole bunch of neurological work that happens when you do sports. Reconfiguration of the brain retraining of the brain and they studied study study shows that mice who are given exercise will also grow new stem cells and use them if they're not given those stem cells if they don't use them they lose them they die so do your sports every day learn something every day put those new stem cells to use in the brain that's what I'm talking about here Give those refugees, well, they're actually just kids, those young neurons that are being born every day, even if you're older, give them a chance, give them something to do, give them a purpose and feed them, sing Kumbaya, because your old neurons are going to die. Every seven years, your body replaces all the cells in the body, the death of the body, the rebirth, the recycling. So, <clears throat> it's happening all the time. If it didn't happen, you'd have cancer. So you gotta refresh and keep at it. And that's my message for now. More to come, I'm just listening to Free Talk Live. I've got it in my clip, clip editor. Maybe I'll share some clips with you if I find something good. Okay, so now we're getting into some Free Talk Live clips. I haven't clipped them before. I don't know exactly the licensing, but uh, we're going to discuss this as news and share some of their interesting insights. They're talking about if the Postal Service is constitutional. I'm not going to get into the um, entire <coughs> discussion of the election, but that's what caused this discussion. Um, <coughs> I'm talking about the um, 
we're talking about the uh, postal service on its own now in germany they privatized the post and removed the monopoly i guess they have not done that in america and they talk about some interesting things we have to double check them if there's postal roads as part of the constitution or the post office itself i'm going to look that up and add that to the segment okay so now we're getting into some free talk live clips i haven't clipped them before I don't know exactly the licensing, but uh, we're going to discuss this as news and share some of their interesting insights. They're talking about if the Postal Service is constitutional. I'm not going to get into the um, entire <coughs> discussion of the election, but that's what caused this discussion. Um, <coughs> I'm talking about the um we're talking about the uh postal service on its own now in germany they privatized the post and removed the monopoly i guess they have not done that in america and they talk about some interesting things we have to double check them if there's postal roads as part of the constitution or the post office itself i'm going to look that up and add that to the segment the nation in general well, there's a lot of attention being paid to sure, uh, the post but they're not talking right about eliminating. It. <laughs> no, right? None, none of the Republicans or Democrats are doing that. They're all talking about saving uh, the post office. They all worship the Which post office. Which is a really office. bad idea. I mean, you wouldn't be out there advocating for the saving of a telephone company or advocating for the saving of uh, a TV. Uh, network or anything like that it's just an ad venue ladies and gentlemen it's not even but it's a constitutional one it well only post roads oh really i'm not 100 percent sure that the post office is in fact uh constitutional and the constitution says you have to have post roads but roads is plural mm -hmm. you may have two and it doesn't say how long they need to be <laughs> so um you know i've got two of them in my backyard uh huh Right? I mean, you know, the, the Washington, D.C., they can declare two streets the post roads, mm -hmm. and therefore these are constitutional. If they need, if the United States needs to have a post office, then um, fine. You can have it in major cities or something. I don't care. I mean, there's ways to pair this mess down. Uh, the idea that somehow we need mail delivery to every box in America six days a week is absolutely ludicrous. I mean, why couldn't you do half the city Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and the other half uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday? It's ridiculous, Mark. <laughs> I, I mean, right. <laughs> That's because, not how government works. Because a, a competitor would come in and figure out how to cut costs in half. Well, plus there is a postal union that's not going to let you do it. Yeah, so now I'm going to read from the Wikipedia <clears throat> the postal clause. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 7 of the United States Constitution, known as the Postal Clause or the Postal Power, empowers the Congress to establish post offices and post roads, quote. So basically, morning, they're saying the post office has the constitutional authority to designate mail routes. The post office is empowered to construct or designate post offices with the implied authority to carry, deliver, and regulate the mail of the United States as a whole. The implied authority, but not explicit. The postal power also includes the power to designate certain materials as non-mailable and to pass statutes criminalizing the abuses of postal systems such as mail fraud and armed robbery post offices.
and then talks about the interpretation, the implied authority to carry. An early con controversy was whether Congress actually had the power to build postal roads or post offices or merely designate which lands or roads were used. The Supreme Court construed the power narrowly during an early part of the 19th century, holding that the power consisted mostly for the designations of roads and sites, but gradually gave way later to allowing the appropriation of land. Yeah, it's not super clear. So... Yeah, there was some early controversy. So it's not exactly clear, <clears throat> and it's not exactly written what all the post office um the powers that it has they were implied and it's up to the supreme court to judge so <clears throat> but it definitely says post offices in the constitution as well as roads so free talk live guys aren't 100 percent, but i find their viewpoint interesting and is worth discussing or looking into deeper So let's see here. So this next longer clip is kind of interesting. He reads some text. Ian reads some text from a guy from the Freedom Foundation, I think, Hornberger. I'm butchering the name. I don't know this guy, and I guess I could read it myself, but, uh, you know, if they come after me for using these clips, I guess I'm going to have to just remove them. But we're just doing short clips. We're not going to do the whole show. And I think this is an interesting uh, theory. He's saying that they should... That they would never survive competition. And um, <clears throat> in my reading, it doesn't say that there's a monopoly on postal mail. I mean, maybe a closer reading would be that. But uh, the Constitution does not seem in that short sentence to uh whew. we're gonna actually just we're gonna, we're gonna go back and we're gonna read the entire part of the constitution that mentions this and then we'll talk about it some more so this next longer clip is kind of interesting he reads some text ian reads some text from a guy from the freedom foundation i think hornberger i'm butchering the name I don't know this guy, and I guess I could read it myself, but, uh, you know, if they come after me for using these clips, I guess I'm going to have to just remove them. But we're just doing short clips. We're not going to do the whole show. And I think this is an interesting uh, theory. He's saying that they should, that they would never survive competition. And um, <clears throat> in my reading, it doesn't say that there's a monopoly on postal mail. I mean, maybe a closer reading would be that, but uh, the Constitution does not seem in that short sentence to... Uh, 
we're going to actually just we're going to we're going to go back and we're going to read the entire part of the constitution that mentions this and then we'll talk about it some more <laughs> yeah so a little bit more here about the post office monopoly this is jacob hornberger from the future of freedom foundation he points out that they have a monopoly over first class mail there's no one else allowed to compete in that area he says here's an enterprise that can set any price at once for its services and yet it still can't make it Imagine what would happen if its monopoly privilege was suddenly removed and privately owned firms were free to enter the market and compete in the delivery of first-class mail. The postal service would be toast. And it should be toast, he says. Monopolies have no place in American life. They are contrary to principles of economic liberty, free markets, free enterprise, and private property. That's one of the most amusing parts of this entire controversy. Insofar, or at least insofar as Republicans are concerned, they're the ones who are always preaching the virtues and benefits of, quote, freedom, free enterprise, and private property, unquote, and exclaiming against socialism. Yet when it comes to the Postal Service and lots of other things, Republicans are as big a proponents of socialism as Democrats are. But Republicans aren't the only ones who suffer from a severe case of hypocrisy here. Don't forget it's the Democrats who are known far and wide for their antipathy towards big private companies, which they consider to be monopolies. And yet their devotion to the giant postal monopoly is as big as... As that of the Republicans. Yeah. Post office is a huge organization and it is a monopoly. Don't they have more postal bureaucrats than like army bureaucrats, I think? I don't know, but, uh, you know, I've heard the army called the post office in fatigues. Yeah. When it comes to the postal service, he writes, the American people should engage in a mercy killing. It's time to bring an end to the longtime suffering of this socialist institution. Repealing the postal monopoly is not enough. Better to just end all government involvement in mail delivery. So I'm looking at the Constitution, Section 8. And it literally has that one sentence. It starts Section 8 that the Congress shall have the power to lay and collect taxes, duties, imposts, and excises to pay the debts and to provide for common defense and general welfare of the United States. But those duties, imposts, and excises should be uniform. They can borrow money. They can regulate Congress, uh, commerce with four nations and among among the several states and with Indian tribes. Um, To establish a uniform rule of naturalization. And they say to establish post offices and post roads. And that's it. Um, Yeah. That's the only mention of the Post. in the Constitution. It's just one line, but it's post offices and post roads. So that's, uh, <clears throat> there's nothing in there about a monopoly. So that's kind of uh, something I never knew. Yeah, so... I'm going to uh, talk about voting and why I don't vote, and I don't get involved too much in politics. First of all, in America, if you get involved with politics, you get death threats. It's just that simple. There is a evil underbelly to politics, and uh, they don't want you to get involved. And you'll be threatened if you do get involved. It's just... So, unless you are ready to receive death threats, don't get involved in politics. 
that's the first thing and I don't um, think that my vote really matters one vote and um, it doesn't matter it matters where you live so I say vote with your feet and vote with your money and if you want to change things earn money and spend that or do things that will cause a positive change um, but don't uh, don't get too involved in the politics I mean sure we did some stuff in Lawrence Kansas where we lived we I went to city council meetings and brought up things and challenged them maybe we tipped the scale a little bit <clears throat> at the right time so it is possible um, but uh, be ready to fight for it and be ready to be threatened I guess you also have to have a momentum but um, I'm not going to get involved in this year's election whoever wins wins and I don't think it really matters none of the presidents are actually able to change anything that they say they want to change even if they wanted to <clears throat> so and uh, we'll see you really can't get too caught up in this so in this next clip I think it's funny they keep on saying this but they it's just hilarious um, they're talking about some local event um, that's been affected by COVID and how people are um, this is free talk live now again and how people are upset and that they need the money and then they say uh, yeah well the um, the uh, the cause of it was COVID, and then they say no, it wasn't the COVID. It was the people who claim to have authority over you, which actually don't, that are threatening your life. And I think that's an interesting way to look at things. I mean, it's pretty radical, but I think we should be open to questioning and challenging the idea of uh, what authority is actually being held by the people who not only claim to threaten your life, but now they're also going to um, <clears throat> pile on $11 trillion of debt that you and your family are going to have to pay to them as the winners of this war. They expect the crowds to be similar to any busy summer weekend in the Lakes region. Uh, local business owner says, quote, any income is going to help because hospitality has just been decimated by the pandemic. No, it no. wasn't the pandemic. 
It was the government gang that two. threatened your business and threatened you and your livelihood and said, if you try to do business the way you want to, we're going to hurt you. I'm, I'm so infuriated by all of the writing that blames everything on, on COVID. the pandemic. Yeah. Oh, it's the pandemic's fault. It's COVID's fault. Oh, the, this happened because of COVID. No, it didn't happen no. because of that. It happened because of your government's BS reaction to it. Right, because every other pandemic that has happened in our lifetimes has been completely all- ignored by business and everything's been fine all of the horrible things are caused by the goons the tyrants the parasites the thugs the mafia the idiots the liars the individuals who call themselves government let's go to mikey's in croydon new hampshire you're on free talk live listening to w oh hello that's amazing so so what's this deal where i have to give you some dna samples or something what's the (laughs) what to log in to log in, you got to prick your finger and put it on a piece of uh, paper and send it to you or something. Was it that hard? No, but you should at least give us, you know, a self-stamped card or something. A what? A self-stamped card. I don't have to spend money to send you my blood. You know. Huh. Well. Uh, so you're on your big walk. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's not a big walk today. Yesterday was pretty big. Uh, today I've only done ten thousand steps. I started late. You could be you could be another what was Forrest Gump? You walk across. The yeah. Well, I did over three hundred thousand steps uh, this month. And how did that help the shoe industry? Well, I had I had to buy some new shoes. And that's something. It's 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 amazing. Even um, a bicycle when you put on real mileage on your bicycle, mm-hmm. you go through tires. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you weigh 300 pounds. What do you mean especially? What happens if you're 305? Well, what if you're only 100? Why don't you say, what if you're over 300 pounds? Or hmm. 300 pounds and over, over 299 pounds. Uh-huh. Isn't that what you're trying to say? Or That's a really good point. I should be more specific. Exactly. If someone could be 400 pounds, get on his bicycle, get himself killed, and then wear out his tires i guess well i i have been um just walking and i haven't really reduced my weight i think i'm down 25 pounds well that's that's down but um my uh fat has been getting smaller my blubber has been being burned there's all kinds of theories on getting rid of fat and some has to do with enzymes and all kinds of stuff who knows well the goal the goal here is not um good morning the goal here is not to get rid of fat the goal here is to move my butt rejuvenate yourself why don't you go to one of those um, health camps in russia mm-hmm. up in siberia yeah and they guarantee you lose like 30 pounds in a couple of weeks <laughs> really yeah, well, they'll be setting them up here soon for the people who don't uh, get the uh, the DNA modification uh, vaccine. Well, that's good. We all should be mo- well, modified. So, why? Do, first of all, can you explain why they need people at this point? <clears throat> yes. Why? Because the artificial intelligence is has less intelligence than that of a slug. And what's wrong with that? A well, lot they still people, need people. A lot of people have less intelligence than a slug. Well, they still need us to feed the machine. Not that many. 
so I I listened to in yesterday's episode I listened to this whole not the whole I listened to part of the Great Reset. Right, you mentioned the that. World Economic. Hmm? You mentioned that the World Economic Forum. Right, and basically he's talking about they're talking about um, eleven uh, trillion dollars that they're going to add to the global debt. They being the um, the World Economic Forum, the bankers. Yeah, <clears throat> and this will be conditioned. It'll be conditional money. What conditional money? Means that you 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 can't just get the money. They're not just going to you know save you. They're going to ha- ask for something in return. I think what they're going to do is say, okay, as of now, the dollar, whatever you had in your bank, is only worth a third of what it was. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Money. We have to do it for the, yeah. for the betterment of mankind, and and that's it. And then we'll do it again when we fuck up again. So. Well, yeah, that's obviously you know. That's that's besides the point. The point now is now this is my point I want to make. All right. Besides the fact that your your savings are gonna be watered down, right? Right. Besides that, that's obvious. That's been happening the whole time. But the key points of the World Economic Forum, the great reset I'm talking about, are that this money and it's only 5% of the global debt. So currently we're at 250. So Reagan did the big job. He went from 100 to 180 or something in terms right. of trillion dollars. Under the 80s. But so that was the big Forget one thing. You get, forget mm-hmm. one thing. When you get a mortgage yeah. on a house, right? Mm-hmm. You're paying it back with less, less valuable dollars. Yes. Exactly. Think about it. And, and, and then the fact... 80s, okay, that's a good point. And the fact that the 80s, that we saw a huge spike in the debt is also maybe just because it's measured in dollars and the dollar value went down. Yeah, well, it's always going down. And because we went off the gold standards in the, I think it was late 70s we went off the gold standards? No, because, no, when we had the Federal Reserve, when we started the Federal Reserve, the inflation Mm -hmm. rate, the the value of the dollar was flat until we we got the Federal Reserve. Mm. Think so about that. that's interesting. So my point being that the key points I want to make here are that, and I, I made this in the podcast, but I want to make it to another person just to see how it sounds. Okay. All right. So when uh, Germany lost the war, right, they had to pay reparations. Which one? All of them. They're still paying right. for World War II. They just paid for all for World War One recently. Well, World War One reparations caused World War Two. So. Besides the fact of what it caused, okay. Well, it did. Okay, it's possible, but it doesn't matter what they cause. I'm just going to go into the fact that if you <laughs> win the war, right, right, if you're the winning side, you get to set the terms of the uh, reparations or the what, the payments. Is that called unconditional surrender? And then, um, <clears throat> then you have a clearinghouse, right? The clearinghouse is. Um, the clearing system is how those payments are made. Right. And they're made to some bank in London. Right. Right. Or or whatever. And there's this whole system of clearing, and that's like the international clearing system. That's how money is transferred or, or, or marked up or whatever. It's like the big thing. <clears throat> like the debt clearing. Right. So, 
basically what they're saying here now is because of the COVID, right? We lost the war to the globalists, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they are now going to extract their payment, right? Of $11 trillion from us and our future generations because we are the losers. Yeah. Okay. And it's basically a war, right? Yes. When you look at it that way, we're, and then, it, was a, it was an act of war by somebody. Let's put it that way. It was an act of war by somebody, and that person said, okay, well, here's the rules you lost, and now you're going to pay us. And it's not only you're going to pay us. Now, here's what here's other two other key points they said, okay? All right. One, the um, they're going to have all types of conditions on that money. So this whole shutdown of um, travel. Right. And the greening of our economy that has happened with COVID. Right. That's great. And we need more of that. More greening? More greening, meaning less travel, less uh, usage of resources. Why not just have less people? Just just give everybody a vaccine and kill off three quarters of the population and we're in good shape. That's up to you how you want to do it. How's that sound? They're not going to say that you have to do it that way, but if you want to make a contribution. If you line everybody up, if you line everybody mm -hmm. up, and, and you come up with the right vaccine, you can have everybody dead within a year or two, and no one, no one will, be, will be too late. Okay, that's, it. that's too simple. See, they're not, they're not doing it that simply. What they're saying is they're going to have a new scoring system, right? A new star. Now, let me just continue with what I'm, I'm telling okay. you, okay? All right, all right. If you want to kill people, right, to, to achieve your climate goals, right, that's up to you. Right? They're not telling you you have to kill people. I know, but 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 who's who's that's to too stop it? Who's, who's to stop it? But that's the thing. Oh, it was scary. an accident. It was a terrible it was a terrible screw up. We got some con- contaminated yeah. stuff mm-hmm. and and well, sorry, but you know but those are details. These are details, you're getting lost in details. All right, okay. Gonna kill people and how they're going to reduce the climate, right? Impact. Right. That's just a detail that's gonna be sorted out later. Okay. Right. That's not the point, though. The point is, is that the money that you're going to get to save everybody is going to be conditional upon keeping up this green, this greening of the planet. And so, the people who own the greening techniques will also get money on that. Yeah, but let's just call greening of the planet by saying not traveling. Okay. Not driving around for no reason. All right. Not, that's virtual all you need. Reality traveling, traveling. Thank you. Shutting down travel and making everyone go virtual. That's exactly right. Well, whatever got... happened to tele- teleporting? What happened to teleporting? Mm-hmm. You don't need to. Okay. Because you don't need to go Just use the telescreen in the holodeck. All right. All right. <clears throat> right. So we do need the Chinese to make all the screens and everything, right? Hmm? We do need the Chinese to make all this shit, right? Well, we can make it in America eventually. Um, but it's the question of who's going to do the pollution. But we'll go into that later, okay? All right. So, and the second big thing that from this great reset I want to share with you is the moving from a stakeholder economy to a but for moving from a, a shareholder economy to a stakeholder economy. So what happens to the shareholders? <laughs> They're screwed. They're 
Yeah, well, we don't care good. about the shareholders. That's called that's called the revolution. It is. You might as well so, do, that's like going and pe- killing everybody in their houses and throwing them out and then giving it to someone else. But those are again details. So you're getting into all these details about how no, that's no, going to be minor, done. It's minor details. Exactly. You know? so you're, you're going into minor details. We're talking about the big picture here, okay? The big picture here. The big picture is we're moving from a shareholder economy with $5 can buy a share or a part of a share of a company. Right. Right. And they're going to speculate on short-term gains and uh, do short-term things to like pump and dump and all that stuff. Pump and dump. People are going to have freedom to like make choices on the economy. (laughs) Like, and all what that's choices, like, what, what we're, going back to, we're going back to feudalism, where the right. stakeholders, meaning the, the the large capitalists, the people who own, who have stake, who actually own everything, they're the ones. The, pe- the people invested. The people invested money and in, in, in created things like we enjoy. Yes, but like majority, let's call the majority st- stakeholders or majority shareholders. All right. So those are the only people who will matter in the future, according to the Great Reset. So those are the key All takeaways right. from this uh, this thing that I've been listening to. And obviously, yes, the technology, everything is going digital and a total loss of privacy and a total uh, surveillance system. Well, that's well. not a problem because you're not doing anything illegal. It, it, it shouldn't bother you. Well, it doesn't matter because it's not whether or not you're going to do something illegal because then we have our – now we're going to get into some details, but you have your cancel culture, right, where it doesn't matter if you're doing something illegal. You're just doing something that's not approved by them or you're not saying the exact – you're not repeating the exact parole you're not right. singing the song exactly the way you're supposed to. Right. You're not repeating the mantra. Well, they'll, they'll punish you until you do, until you learn. Exactly. Then they'll just shut you down. So that's where the censorship should come in from. The, from once you have a total surveillance, then you're going to have a total mind control because people are going to have pressure put on them to be exactly in a certain way. Yes, right. of course. So get your attention. Mm-hmm. So that, that, those are my updates from yesterday's show. I thought I'd share them with with you again. It sounds it sounds like a great new world to live in, doesn't it? But what they're saying is great. They're saying they want to save the planet, right? They're saying they want yeah. to get rid of short term investments and like you know like dangerous investments and speculation that just cause problems. What are those? What are those investments? You know, like people, like shareholder, uh, shareholders driving the companies to like do short-term like pump and dumps and like buy up companies and you know all these types of shenanigans you see with shareholders uh, running the show. Not thinking well, how about how the shareholders are paying these presidents millions and millions and millions of dollars, and if, because if they, they deliver the shareholders the value that they want, the dividends. They, they don't. They don't though. Okay. You can always find well, someone who could do it for less money. Okay. So what do you think about that? I don't know. It's very strange. This is, this is what makes me think about space aliens and stuff. There's, just, there's, there's, there's definitely 
there's definitely a group of people that can't be that much more smarter than you and me. Mm-hmm. That why do some need to be paid millions of dollars if they've got uh, super technology? Say that again. We need all that money for the aliens to have to have control. You know, they need money. They need but don't money. they have like spaceships and like teleporters and like high, higher technology than we can even imagine? I don't know. I don't know what so. they got. All I know is that it just seems really strange that someone could be worth that much money. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just you say know? they're activated, um by the shareholders, okay? All right. But they're saying that the shareholder, um, the shareholder economy has to stop. Of course, the people invested money to make the country what it is. Mm-hmm. And if they didn't have the shareholders, there wouldn't be the businesses that they want to raid now. It's called it's called a revolt. That's what it's called. That's what it's called. Any way you look at it, we're going to take the maybe. French Revolution off of their heads. And maybe. Uh, maybe. Morning, okay, maybe. yeah, it's a revolution of some kind. It's the Great Reset. is a re- is a re- revolution. And and my question is. If you're not having a market-driven system where people can make their own decisions, terms. Yeah. yeah, that's important, I think. But if you can't have that, and you only have the stakeholders, right? And they're going to make the decisions for whom? For everybody? No, you basically you, they basically come up with products, and people have to have the biggest friggin' screen TV in the world, and they have to have the latest. Um, the latest mm-hmm. Apple cell phone, and they pay. But what if the what if the stakeholders say, "Well, you don't need that"? What if the stakeholders say, "You only need this"? You should decide if you need it. You know, you got to decide what you need. But you I think that's the shareholder economy that they want to get rid of. Who wants to get rid of the Great Reset? I'm talking about the World Economic Forum, the Great Reset, the thing that's in the news. Please, please, we're being we're being manipulated. Did you hear about this or not? Yes, I heard about I heard I heard about it, but who other other than either they're communists or they're just mm-hmm. smarter? I told you about the Great Swamps, right? I'm listening. The Great Swamps. They they were going to put a jet port in there. Well, it turns yes. out they never they never were going to put a jet port in, but they said they're going to put a jet port. In. So what the, what it was the people and the people down there in the in the hills there uh, off of uh, Myersville up there mm-hmm. uh, on the other side of the swamp didn't like development. Mm-hmm. And they didn't like what was going on. So they started this thing. And then all of a sudden, us slumps started donating money to buy up land so they couldn't develop it and make the great, mm-hmm. the great swamp refuge. Okay? Mm-hmm. And, that's why those, and that's why those people have money, because they're freaking smart. Okay. They know, they know human nature. Well, they manipulated people. Okay, let's say they're political leaders. But the, pe- the people don't even know what happened to them. And it's, look, it's yeah. not, it was... It's not bad what they did with the Great Swamps, but the point is these people got what they wanted and everybody else paid the price. Yeah. And that's what we're talking okay. about here. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. All this, all this, uh, all this, what do they call that when they, um, they leverage the banks, leverage the money, they don't have, they can loan out more than they have, but all that. Why is that legal? Well, according to what I heard, and I haven't checked it, that they've removed all requirements for even a fractional reserve. There's like no reserve. So what, what is that? Why would, why would that be a prescription for total disaster? 
Um, unless we're unless we're in a state now that it's it's just it's just delaying the uh, the the ultimate um, collapse. I'm try and justify this, and I'm no expert in this topic, but I can give you some idea of what I think. Go ahead. So if you are a bank, right? Yeah. And let's say that um, you own all the land in a county. Okay. Let's say you're like some English landlord who was gifted this land by the king. Okay. And then you staged a little revolution because you didn't want to pay taxes to the king. All right. Right. And now okay. the whole state is yours. Right. Okay. And uh, you own all the land and then you start selling that land off to people. Right. You mean like, like Mr. Penn? They, exactly, Mr. Penn. Okay. Now, his father uh, was an admiral and won some war for the king. All right. And if you win the war for the king, then he has to pay you. Ideally, you're, the people who lose the war have to pay the king, and then he pays you. How's that? All right. Okay. Right? But he didn't have the money, so he's like, okay, I have this French-Indian problem. I have these Canadians, right? I have these Indians. I have this wild piece of property out there on the outskirts of civilization, right? Right. We got the Susquehanna River that's intraversible, right? Okay. Got a out there, why don't you take that land and we'll call it quit? We'll call it even? Call it even. All right. Then he's like, I've, he has his son who's um, a communist, right? right? Who's a weird, he's a whack job. Well, he didn't have to be a whack job. He didn't have to be a communist. He basically, well, he, he was basically an idealist of some kind. How's that? All right. And uh, he sent him off to uh, the colonies because it's like, you're causing problems here in England. Why don't you go out to the wilderness and take care of that for me? Okay. Right? And that's how Pennsylvania was founded. Huh. Right? Okay. So. You got to grow red aramis. I'll save you some seeds. All right. Please do. It's your mind. You can eat the leaves. You can put them in salads. You can cook them. Mm-hmm. And the seeds you can sprout in the wintertime and, and eat the greens. It's also known as quinoa. That's not quite. It's close to but it. But it's almost quinoa. It's basically yeah. uh, Aztec food. Yeah. So, uh, so let's get back to this bank thing now. So you have all this land, right? Right. And then um, you own this bank. And basically you're going to say to these people, hey, you know what? I'm going to sell you this piece of property, right? Right. And I know you can't pay for it, right? So I'm going to give you a loan. I'm going to give you a loan, and then when you sell your crops to me, right? You can pay the interest. I'll pay you in crops, and then you can, I'll just keep the rest, I'll just keep the money, because you just give me the crops, and I'll just tick off a little check mark from your account. Right. And that's it. Yeah, okay. That's fractional reserve. What's wrong with that? Because, but the banks don't own anything. They do. It's the, it's the, land, the landholders. They don't, they don't own that land. When, the, when a person buys a house, all right, they, they don't own that house. From? Someone else owns a house. Who are they buying it from? Some Fred Smith. 
And where did Fred Smith get it from? Doesn't matter. Fred it does. Smith it absolutely it. matters. It absolutely matters. Where did he get that from? Eventually, he got a loan most most of the time. But then again, you know, in the old days, before all these before all these regulations, you know what a guy would mm-hmm. do? He'd buy a yeah. piece of pro- he would work at a place. He'd mm-hmm. buy a piece of property, and then eventually. Well, I'm sorry. When he got enough money, he'd buy a piece of property, he'd work some more, and then he'd basically get a a, a, um, a seller put in there, right? Mm-hmm. And then what he would do, he would put a, a roof on the seller, which would be the first, the first floor, floor, put yeah. some car paper on it, yeah. and then he'd live down there, and then he would he would um, start building on top of the seller. Yep. And by the time he got done, he didn't need the bank. He basically was self-financed, and he had a house. They also had homesteading where people would just go and no, take no, a piece I'm of property. About, I'm talking about in Gillette, New Jersey, okay? Oh, yeah? On, along, uh, was it Valley, not Valley, Long Hill Road and that, the, back in the early days? Yeah. You were allowed to do that. No way. Yeah. Imagine that, freedom of building a house. In Hunter That's and crazy. God, that, that, the banks put an end to it. I mean, you know, now I think to build a house, just the engineering fees and everything else, you know, you're talking about a third of whatever it is goes to all kinds mm-hmm. of it, you know, yeah. it's, really, it's really disgusting, actually. But. Okay, so let's get to homesteading where they took the land from the Indians, right? And then well, they would give it the to Indians, the colonists. Where did the Indians get the land? They took it from nature. Or they took well, it from I'm other sure Indians. They, I'm sure they took it from some other Indians. Okay, fine. But eventually they took it from the Neanderthals because the Neanderthals were here first, at least in Europe. I don't like you bad-mouthing Neanderthals. They've had a tough time. They were there, and they got wiped out by Homo sapiens. You know why? Because they were inferior. They were not Aryan. Maybe. Well, no, I don't want to get started with that, please. Okay. Because you're going to – I'm going to have to uh, – I'm going to have to now for uh, talking stuff like that. Okay. Because, you know, this is going to go public, and – um. I was talking about that just before, you know, we have, we'll have people, uh, I'm going to, I'm applying for a job and they say, what's your Twitter handle? And then they're going to go to my Twitter handle. They're going to say, oh, stream of random. I'm going to listen to that. And they're going to hear you talking about inferior people being slaughtered by non-Aryan, by Aryans. Well, and, didn't they, uh, who wiped them out? Who wiped them out? I'm just saying that your choice of words, right? Oh, I, I apologize. Your choice of words is not exactly, you know, it's going to get you canceled by the surveillance state and the cancel culture. And then I'll have to do penance. Yeah, I'm going to send you to a re-education camp. China was big on that during when Mao came in. Mm-hmm. And they actually uh, kept on asking you the same question until you answered it right. Mm-hmm. And then you were cured. You were... Um, you weren't mentally ill anymore. That's good. Yeah, it's a great, great concept. I like it. So now it's like either you, you have to say, all I need is a vaccine to cure COVID, and then we can go back to normal. Yeah. If you say that, then they'll let you out. Otherwise, they're going to keep you locked in. Apparently, uh, right now, the vaccine won't be mandatory. Here. Yeah, there's enough people. There's enough people willing to line up and get it. Yeah, but in, in poorer countries, uh, you know, where they have more freedom to impose, uh, where the where the stakeholders have more freedom to impose uh, their will on the shareholders, um, <clears throat> they won't have a choice. 
So if you see, if you hear the word uh, stakeholder, just think feudal uh, lord. And if you hear the word shareholder, it's just think sharecropper. Okay. Okay. That's, a good way That's to basically. So they're basically saying we're going to go from the sharecropper oriented system to the feudal lord oriented system back in the Great Reset. So we're reverting to the old, the old way. Yeah, the old ways. Wow. Yep. So can they put us back in indentured slaves and stuff, or what? Well, they said we're going to go back to 1928. The economics has been reset to that level. Huh. Or I guess after the World War. So basically, this is World War One, and we lost it. The World War Three, you mean? Well, well, yeah, but this is like the equivalent of World War One. All right. Well, you know, the Germans made a lot of zeppelins for us. Not a lot. They made a few zeppelins as war. War. war oh, yeah. Hindenburg, Graf Zeppelin. No, no, no. no they made. Graf- they made. They made the. Uh, either it was the San Francisco or San, mm-hmm. something like that. And it was a very good dirigible. Let me tell you, all our dirigibles fell apart. The ones we yeah. built. I'm talking about Graf Zeppelin, the guy, the dude. Yeah. Yeah, right about I worked in his city. Right, I know. I remember you told me that. Factory, yeah. And he had a couple of buddies. Dornier was one of them. Yeah, he made great flying boats. And then you had um, Maybach, you know, the old Maybach? No. It's like a, uh, it's like a Rolls Royce. It's a type of car. Maybach is one of the most expensive cars. Maybe, I don't know. I not really... The name doesn't really stand doesn't out. Dornier, you had Maybach, and then you had the other guy, Messerschmitt. Me- yes, Willy Messerschmitt. And they were the buddies of old Graf Zeppelin okay. down in the, down on the Lake Constance on the border to Switzerland. Okay. And they just hung out there, and they were like, you know, they were industrialists. They were stakeholders. Okay. Well, they did they great things. an economy. Well, the, for the, if it wasn't for them, these people wouldn't have jobs, okay? Yeah, the share the sharecroppers need the stakeholders. I guess. Yeah. So you should be all for the um, the Great Reset. I am for people who can create jobs. Well, then you're going to be for the the Great Reset. So you should be singing the praise. Oh, okay. I'll start singing. I guess. When they uh, come and they give you the mandatory uh, injection. Well, that's true. For the better, it's for the ultimate better good of everybody. So. Yeah, they just have to reduce your carbon footprint. So they're going to give you that injection that will reduce your carbon footprint six feet under. (laughs) (laughs) I guess guess that'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. If if you're one of the results-orientated guys. Yeah, take one for the team. You got Well, that's true. That's why when you reach 70, you should be willing to go to the little little, uh, debarking, disembarking (laughs) chamber. You know, and go mm. to the go to the the better the uh, the reward. Mm. As a Except, good what if you just want to run for president instead? Um, I don't know. That's gonna be yeah. a problem. President guys, they're over seventy-eight. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, Joe's not in good shape though. He'll do some push-ups. 
He can do more push-ups than you. So, uh, so I've got a clip lined up here, which is the uh, history of the um, the term to hit people in the mouth. Right. Where'd you get um, that? I, well, I did research for it on the No Agenda Wiki. There's a wiki, oh. No Agenda Wiki. You put that on there? I put it up there. I did the whole research. I wrote the whole article on where did it come from, what's the meaning and purpose of it. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> I could read you. I could read oh, you part of where that came from. Okay, sounds good. Um, I can't really play the clip here on the phone, I don't think. No. I guess I could. You can send me the link eventually. Um, it's going to be in the show after our talk. All right. Well, I'm not going to right now, but I'll just read it to you, okay? All right. So the, the term hitting people in the mouth might be related to the concept of smash mouth offense in football, which okay. is an offense that relies on a strong running game where most of the plays are run by the offense and handoffs to the fullback or tailback. Okay. Yeah. So the guy who was talking about Mike Singletary, the uh, new coach of the 49ers. Oh, uh, I'm getting a phone call. Hold on All a right. second. You take a step back and you look at it and you think, hey, you know what? I'm here. It's on. We're going to make it work. They're working hard. They're doing this. They're doing that. We're going to go out there and it's going to change right now. It will change, and I'm not trying to tell you something. God, it's going to change. It's not like that, okay? But I want you to understand where I'm coming from. It will change, and it will change because they want it to change, not, not because of me. It will change because they want to be champions. But right now, we got to figure out uh, the formula. Our formula, our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth, number one. Number two, we are not a charity. We cannot give them the game. That's number two. And number three is we execute from the very start of the game to the very end of the game. That did not happen. I do not apologize about... All right, guys. I think that is enough for today. 14,000 steps. It wasn't our longest podcast walk cast. But it was pretty good. Got to meet my dad. Got to see my dad on the show again. And uh, we are really ramping up our technology here. And I think we're going to produce more interesting, uh, more interesting content over time. <clears throat> Boy, those birds and the background noises get really picked up by this microphone. I have to see what I can do about that. I'm going to look into some new outdoor microphone technology. Okay, guys. See you later.